Hello and welcome to Still Unsponsored. I'm Chris. Hi there. I'm Zach. Horrible timing, as always. <laughs> it took us a while to figure this one out. Well, you're on getting our, all fancy our... with your, your tech stack here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we we it's always meta talking like pod, doing a podcast about how to podcast. Um, and I think going to be relevant for our final topic today. But uh, we, we gave some glowing reviews of Riverside FM. Well, to be fair, you did. I just was along for the ride. Well, you, I re-listened to it while I was editing, and you definitely were like, "Ooh, this is cool." Well, it, gave, I mean, it is. The, it, hold on, from the from the guest perspective, where I don't have to do all the cutting and everything else, it is pretty pretty neat. You are like the um, the Paris Hilton of tech uh, novelties. That's you, hot. You're like that's, that's so hot. hot right that, now. That was her catchphrase, wasn't it? That's hot. <laughs> that's, that's, so hot. that's so hot right now. Yeah. Because you'll be over it by the next week. Yeah, I'm in sure. The, in, the, in the next seven day cycle, Zach will be yeah. moved on. Be like, no, yeah. no, no, no. We're, we're that's old, trash. I don't know we're why we're still do, talking about it. <laughs> we're gonna go back to phones. We're just gonna talk on phones and rotary spin dials. Zach, I'm gonna send you fax, and yeah, yeah we'll we'll see how that hey, gets. That's the new fax thing. Is, fax, fax marketing. Fax is still a thing, by the way. So they say. We'll, I, I've got so, stories so that say. we'll share offline uh, right. about about faxes, not fit <laughs> for public consumption. Got it. Got it. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, where we go? Oh, yeah. So I know what I was going to say about Riverside. So we we were glowing about Riverside and how this was so easy and fun and not, oh, maybe not fun, but at least practical for recording like a guest engagement like this. And so the warning that I would give everyone is their audio processing is not good and seems to ruin audio. So like when I uh, exported our files from the from our last recording, yeah, it was mangled. I I turned turned on you know like. Well, okay. Is it Riverside or is it your complicated setup that you have with? The no, 20, it, it's Riverside or... because I could turn off the audio processing, export mm. the files, and they sounded great. So our inputs hmm. sound good. The audio processing that Riverside is implementing does not sound good. Are they just trying to minimize the file sizes? Like what? What are they actually processing then? No, I think they're they're trying to reduce noise um, and do other fanciness. Well, sort there is like, an option. There is an option here to say stop echo cancellation. Like, are there options to like say, hey, I got professional gear, leave me alone? It well, actually, funny you say that because it's <laughs> giving me a message right now saying it looks like you're using a roadcaster, and there are settings for doing a mix minus. Which we would be hearing a terrible echo if that wasn't set up right. And wait for this to become the lost episode where it wasn't set up right. But yeah. Now I can't hear you. Oh, probably because I had the mute button on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> did you, uh, did you, yeah, there we go. Uh, did you, uh, did you set those options up before? So, like, did it say Roadcaster before? Yeah. Yeah, it mm. did. And not to get too esoteric, but uh, the Roadcaster has two tracks, essentially, it or two, like, it appears as two audio interfaces to my uh, mini Mac over here. One is the chat. Mac mini. Mac, whatever. And then the other is the full stereo. And Riverside would like the full stereo output, but I'm not giving it to it because I'm recording that 
and so I'm using the chat output to do the mix minus. I think our one listener probably just dropped right now. Yeah. Oh, I mean, probably. Just fast yeah. forward 30 seconds. We'll be we'll be done with it. All right. All right. What's All on right. the agenda today, Chris? What are, what, what, what right. are we talking about today? Well, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about Twitter because it's so topical and so hot right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to keep the, circling back to that one, aren't we? It's just so right, hot right exactly. now. It's so in right I'm, now. And then you posed an interesting question, uh, which was scaling video. Like, how do you scale video production? You know, obviously not as an agency, but as a in-house marketing team that needs to produce video in 2022, 2023. How do you actually go about doing that? And I've I've faced the same challenges you have, but I'm actually kind of in a good spot right now. So you've got some thoughts. I've got some thoughts. Share the I'll share the sauce. So All all right. Twitter. I wanted to make a prediction. <laughs> okay, hold on. Let's mark it. Th- I'm gonna write this down on my little. Okay. Get it. Let, let, like, okay. Here, hold on. Got a ballpoint pen. We could hear the pen. Nice. Yep. That, that's All a right. quality microphone action. Okay, you're gonna All write right. this down. We'll fact. Okay. It. All right. I think they're gonna have a serious outage, like a prolonged, multi-hour outage, like ten plus hours, and and this is why. Uh. I think that the that unless Elon has fully planned out all of the people that he's slotting into all of the right spots, the, there's so much tension around this takeover that this might actually be like the, the leadership case study of the century, right? Think about it. Super hot political climate, people throwing around like, you know, words like democracy and first amendment, um, freedom. Uh, and he's coming in here hot firing all the top executives and all the content moderation people rumors about changes on the data science teams. So it would really only take a small problem that probably could be easily solved, but the right engineer or system architect to essentially say, I'm out and like not answer their Slack messages. Two two thoughts on that. Okay. Let's let's start with the easier one. If that's the case where it's a simple issue, then that's way too complicated of a system. If there's that if if there's that many things that can go wrong and there's some my opinion, like it's way too complicated. Number two uh, despite what we're reading, you know, and seeing everything on the Twitter, Twitter world and all that good stuff and the news, um, during acquisitions, usually the top price usually gets kicked out anyways. So sure. all, all the, you know, top few people. So I know the CEO, CFO, and, uh, I think it was the legal officer. I mean, yep. they had some serious golden parachutes, um, which the rumor this morning was he's not going to, Elon said Twitter's uh, not going to pay. Again, who knows? Right. But they, I mean, they have contracts, so they'll, you know, it is what it is. So I don't, I don't think that necessarily canning the top folks is, is, is detrimental. It's detrimental for sure to the kind of the culture, but I mean, you typically see that in takeover anyways. Right. So I'm, that's not too surprising. The other thing too is, you know, when you're looking at the, the world of, of money, right? You can always flash some dollars in front of people. Because think about it, all these people lost all their stock options. They all got bought out. Yep. They have no more stock vesting. That's not part of their comp plans. And so now you're in this really interesting paradigm where it's like, all right, how do you retain these folks? You just throw money at them? <laughs> like, what, what's that look like? 
I, I, I don't know. But my, my point being, you could probably just throw enough money at certain people to, to keep the lights on, so to speak. Um, and then eventually people kind of churn out, and then you'll bring some new people in if needed and, and go from there. Right, exactly. And, and I think this is like kind of the issues that I've been thinking about, which is, is it as the media would have you believe that this is a super ideologically charged event? Or is it just people that are at the end of the day are passionate about the product that they work on? And whether it's Elon or a bunch of Wall Street, you know, sweater vests owning the thing, they don't really care. They, they actually just want to make a good product. And so then there's, there's really no risk if that's the case. Yeah. I mean, not to dwell back on previous episodes, but this is kind of like the, the meta discussion we were talking about a little bit last week where, um, how many people are truly in love with the thought of the metaverse that are working at meta Mm -hmm. or is it just a paycheck? (laughs) Right. Like a lot of these companies have these, these glorious foundations, but how many people are truly like passionate about the mission or how many people are collecting a paycheck? Well, if the rumors Uh, here are are to be believed, then few people are stoked about the metaverse. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Especially after (laughs) Facebook's latest, uh, stock plunge. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. No, it'll, it'll be interesting. I guess my question is, you know, once this initial hoopla ends, all right, so he paid what was it, forty four billion? Was that the number? Forty four billion? Some crazy number. Yeah, it was big. I thought it was like how how do you billion. make money? Okay, how do, how do you return that? Right. So if you're looking at three x right. earnings typically or somewhere around there, depending on how valuable the company is, how 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 do you see a path forward to making this a a financial you know sort of idea you know good good position, but then b like what what are you gonna do? Like it's it's Twitter. I I. I <laughs> When I think of advertising platforms, Twitter is not one of them. I got to be honest. Oh, yeah. And in the last two months or so, I was like completely out of Twitter for probably two years or so. That's probably a good thing, Mr. Marketer, Mountain Guy, whatever your name is. (laughs) I wish I could be done with Facebook. Um, But yeah, then I poked my head back in there and I was like, this place sucks, you know, because for all, for all of the people yelling at each other reasons, but also the advertising is really yeah. excessive and intrusive, and it doesn't. It's I, maybe it's because you're you're okay. I guess my read on the product is when I'm scrolling Instagram and I'm looking at photos, seeing a photographic ad is not as jarring as when I'm scrolling Twitter and I actually have to read which is a little bit more cognitive heavy. And then it's like read into an ad. And it for me, that's just jarring. And it, it could be just the way that I process. What about, know, uh, language, well, I mean, do you process the same way with Reddit? Because Reddit's pretty textual as well. Good point. No, I don't really have that problem with Reddit. Hmm. Interesting. So it could be, is it a UI thing? Yeah. Not, not here yeah. nor there. Who knows? Yeah, right. Exactly. But I guess yeah. my, my point and, is, and like, sample I, size of one. Right. Sure. So no, no. And this anything. is like, I'm glad you say you've been off Twitter because I, I have not been on that thing in forever. I, to me, it's what did, what did, what did Elon call it? The, uh, it's like the town square, the public square. Like, eh, I, okay. For who? <laughs> well, I think for like, that's exactly the point. For, for who? who? Right. Because politicians and then the news orgs to pick them up. And it's just a really easy way to skip actual reporting and just spit out. Like, oh, this is what someone said on Twitter. 
<laughs> it's like the town square, but with layering over high school drama. I'm like, mm. are you in the in crowd? If you're in the in crowd, then you get the blue check mark and you're allowed to tweet. So otherwise, I don't know how, all right. So I don't know how this blue check mark thing works. Again, this is yeah. how little I am on Twitter. Okay. Yeah. But I did see this morning when I was scrolling through my my news that one of the rumors is, is that it's going to be like five bucks a month or something or whatever, 20, 20 bucks a month for the blue check verification. I mean, is that truly the <laughs> is that truly the first monetization method of eh, what's what's our blue check? Well, in, I don't in, know if in, that in, would do that would have a really interesting effect, right? Because if you if you think about who the blue checks are supposed to be, the blue checks are supposed to be established people with verified identities that, you know, are thought leaders or influential. So like, you know, the president, congressman, notable journalists or any journalist, uh, you know, notable podcasters. Like, I mean, the, the list kind of goes on, but mm-hmm. it's not a dude with 400 followers theoretically but for right but for twenty dollars a month he could be with a blue check mark yeah and i mean it but why? there's an interesting like, question what? there's an interesting question like i think that that the twenty dollars a month for a blue check mark to get verified especially if it was paired with a little bit of like kyc or something like that um might actually be more valuable to the people that are acquiring it than the people that have it already if, it, if that makes sense like theoretically the people that have it already if they're at asked to pay like anywhere between you know five dollars and a hundred dollars it's like kind of trivial you would think uh because they're already getting enough value out of the platform to justify the whatever the costs are and whatever they're the professional are. users right yeah. exactly yeah exactly and so maybe mm-hmm. another way to think through that product discussion is those people would very happily pay to not see ads mm-hmm. and so you so then does that make up enough for I mean, the answer is probably yes, because again, I wonder who's advertising. You know, it's funny. So I saw, um, who was it? It was GM. They said that they're pulling off Twitter advertising. Right. I don't know why they were advertising. I mean, because of the Tesla, right? Because Tesla competition, all that good stuff. Um, it's just, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I, I, I wonder what's going to happen with our top line revenue in the next, like, six months. <laughs> and yet, we will probably not know exactly well right other than a private company now because now it's a private company so yeah i i guess it's just for me coming coming back to the the impetus for this uh you know line of thought was is the guy that was trying to get out of the deal and now is like kind of surprisingly in the deal and is carrying a a bathroom sink through the front door in some sort of weird dad joke trolling maneuver, did he think ahead to put the right people in the right places no. so that when the switch flips, no. it's all good? Or is it no. just like, ah, it'll be fine? No, my, my, my suspicion is that, what was it? The, the judge said they had to either come to a, <laughs> had to come in an agreement or D-Day was coming essentially is my understanding. He was going to so, lose the lawsuit, so he just he was going to lose it. the lawsuit, so he just needed to do it. Uh, right. Well, yeah, I don't know. His decision it, at this point might have yeah. been to, <laughs> to pay yeah. the billion dollar separation fee and move on with your life. But yeah, uh, here, here, nor there. Those are those are other problems that I wish I had. Uh, 
I, you know, Obviously. look, I think that, <laughs> I think that I hate to say it, but I feel like Elon, um, probably, you know, <laughs> I don't know if he drinks or not, but if he did, it's probably one of those things like a late night text, like, oh, I'm going to buy Twitter. And then he got caught red handed and he went too far and it just is what it is. I, I'm not really sure. Um, I don't know it's how like he's going to make his money back. Bezos buying Whole Foods. I don't know that joke. What's the joke? Well, it, it's like there were there when well, I guess it's two years ago at this point. Uh, you know, Bezos. The the joke was that he said, you know, Alexa, buy something from Whole Foods, and Alexa bought Whole Foods. Oh, uh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 I you know what? Long story short, I this was I think everyone kind of admits this was a poor acquisition from just a financial standpoint. I don't right. think anyone's out there saying this was a brilliant move <laughs> at all. Uh, is this just what pet projects are now for really, really rich people? They just buy things like this and this is just what they do? You know what, though? In the long view of history, I think it was inevitable because if you think about Twitter and all of the turbulence when it started and it's like just all the crazy shit in, in its origin story, it's almost like this is the inevitable path. It is going to get acquired by who is probably Dr. Evil. And What's the, the Battlestar Galactica? <laughs> this has all happened before and it'll all happen again? Like, right, right. We're just exactly. living in Which like some weird bizarre world. probably why my mind flashed on the whole like, you know, serious outage thing. Because, you yeah. know, you still see like, you still see Instagram have serious outages. And, oh, yeah. You know, well, everything companies yeah. like that do that are, that are well put together, right? Yeah. And yeah, I think a minor issue to kind of to answer your other question, it's like it, there's no way this isn't too complicated, right? It's yeah. a company that's been like layered of, you know, uh, formations of who knows how good code, uh, that's yeah. on top of, you know, probably industrial grade distribution systems. So, yeah. I mean, we, we've seen it happen, you know, a load balancer somewhere, you know, goes sideways, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> everyone's like, "Where's my website?" So, <laughs> no comment. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, it'll be. I, I, I just, yeah, I, I don't know what the financial reasoning was for this. I guess in Elon's world, it probably doesn't matter. But yeah, I, my suspect. Yeah, you know what? Who knows? Maybe there'll be some serious downtime in the next six months. Uh, I, I, I'd be more interested to see how big twitter is in terms of revenue which we'll never find out but i'd be really curious to see like what what happens well to, until he top until he tries to take it public again right so sure sure that that's the other thing like he's not going to be he's not going to take it to the grave so we probably will find out yeah. at some point but like, so here's the, the other time, interesting find thing out who I, shot kennedy right <laughs> the two <laughs> files will come out at the same time well here's the, here's the other point that i guess i'm curious about because you know he elon is known as like a you know a driver right in terms of making his people work and putting the effort yep. putting the energy and he's always going above and beyond there's an argument to be said for that so if if legitimate again i don't know what the breakdowns are of teams at, at twitter but there's a legitimate argument to be had that if there are slackers there why are they there oh yeah yeah, you know? for sure. So who knows? Maybe, maybe maybe it is a really brilliant financial decision. Maybe there is that much headcount that he can get rid of to make it look good in three years. I don't know. Well, you know what this shows is this shows that 
unless he was just like on mushrooms for the entire decision-making process through this, <laughs> that even Elon didn't see our current financial like macro uh, uh, situation coming, right? Because why would he have said, okay, I'm going to finance this with Tesla stock and then Tesla gets slammed. So, well, remember, he's always that, said that Tesla was overvalued. Remember that. I mean, yeah. Here's the thing. I, yeah, to your point, though, yeah, I'd be worried. Like, when you look at what's looming, <laughs> I think the average price of a Tesla is like $70,000. Your your target market suddenly gets much smaller if, if a recession happens. Yeah, definitely. I think. But yeah, you're right. You're right. All right. We had enough of that. Okay, so six months from now, uh, what was your bet? I even write it down. I was clicking, but I didn't write anything down. What, what was your prediction? Yeah, no, I, I don't think six months. Like, I think it's got to be like in the next 90 days or so. Like, serious outage. You think there's going to be some serious outage of some yeah, sort in the next s- 90 Some days. serious downtime. Like, mm-hmm. a, yeah, I, I think that there's going to be enough turbulence inside the organization that a small issue will become a large issue. And the right person won't be on hand to fix it. <laughs> All right. Let's that, see what happens. My, that's my guess. That's your prediction. All right. All right. And yeah. and you think everything's going to be I think fine. it I think it'll hum along. I think all the drama that we're seeing is not really what's not playing real. out inside. It could be, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Vocal minority. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a safe bet as well. So. Sure. Yeah. All right. Video. Boom. Boom. Ask me your question. How do you scale video production for the pur- for the purposes of doing what? Uh, probably two two reasons. One is uh, for the socials. Well, no, for the socials, right? Video. Okay. I mean, look at what's happening in the space. Everyone's on their phones, and I'm going to sound like an old man, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Like the TikToks of the world and the Snapchats of the world and even Instagram mm-hmm. and Facebook with reels and everything. Like it's, it's all video, 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 video as a business. How do you scale the creation? Cause a lot of these algorithms will reward you based upon engagement, timeliness, how new it is. That's why you don't see a lot of the, you know, old ads or same videos keep playing and playing and playing from the same brands. Um, right. because you're not rewarded for that. So that's that's kind of the, how do you do that? And I know you know you have you've played with budgets before and that type of thing. But maybe we can dive into what if you don't have that kind of budget? What does it yeah. take? Uh, because yeah. to me this is to me this is the ultimate kind of goal for any kind of customer acquisition marketing, especially on a, a B 2 C side or D 2 C side. Um, being able to to create enough content to to generate something. So my shortest version of this is it's all if you if you're going to scale it's economies of scale which means reusing the same asset so producing at a high level any sort of like video is going to be more expensive than you want it to be right anything short of like having your customer hold up their cell phone and take a self shot thing which which by the way not bad not bad right i mean if that's the video that you're getting then be happy because also i mean the 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 incremental costs here start to add up quickly right 
So I'd say that's number one. And the, I guess the other thing is I'm, I have, while I've been attacking this problem, have been more in a B2B space. So when I was first faced with the problem, it was, and I, and I still hear this word get used and it, it's it's webinar, right? I feel like, oh, I was going to say, I feel like we need some like theme music here. Da, 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 da. Webinar. <laughs> yeah, webinar. And I think people think, you know, the old Citrix go to meeting webinar, and especially in the early days of the pandemic or right before the pandemic, that's what it was. You know, Zoom was copying all of that, those feature sets over so they could do that. And so the first thing was, if you want inspiration on how to do a great webinar, you probably shouldn't be looking at your other old stuffy B2B companies around you. What you should be looking at, and this was my opinion, was Twitch. Because you have the the weird gamer people sitting in their mom's basement, quote mom's basement, with amateur gear doing a one-person production while they're also you know, doing the entertainment like all in one and it can all look good and it can all sound good and it, you know, is live streamed, right? Like straight out, you know, and they engage the audience and look good. So when you're starting to look at technology uh, and the way that the whole you know production should work, that's where I would start. And so a good, you know, a good webcam, a good microphone, you know, maybe a good audio interface, taking the time to put your lights together. Is, those are all basics. And then you carry over the ideas of how to do the presentation itself from your webinar days into the production itself. I I would say also, like I'm not thinking about doing it in Citrix or anything else. I'm thinking about live streaming to YouTube, mm-hmm. to Facebook, because you're, this is the other element of scale, which is where are the eyeballs actually going to come from? Like they could come from your email list, or a list that you buy, uh, or, or you know, I mean, we're just being real here, uh, you know, something like that, or it, it could come from the social media, you know, places themselves. And so mm-hmm. that is a little bit more of a flywheel, I think. So when you put it out there on, on those places, you're more likely to get some organic traffic, uh, as well as once you stream it out there, it usually lives there. And there's some like optimization stuff there as, as well. So anyway, that's like the webinar side of the equation and I'll, I'll talk a little bit about podcasts as well and and also the next steps because that's really where I'm at now um, but when you start to talk about product videos and testimonial videos that kind of thing I think what you're looking for is people with the right gear and you're really looking for one person uh, and the term that I heard used years ago was predator so producer editor Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's basically a person that can do all of it. Uh, And there's tons of those people around. They're usually, I mean. Where do you you find them? That's the harder part, right? (laughs) I mean, you can start with contracting sites like, um, you know, Thumbtack and places Mm -hmm. like that. You know, it's like they're, they wanted to be photographers or something like that. And when you offer them the corporate gig that's got benefits, they're like, Hell yeah, <laughs> you know, um, and then you say, hey, I'm going to arm you with an expense card and you're going to travel around talking to my customers. And you're like, all right, well, you know, that's good. You know, better than taking photos of, you know, bridezillas, um, you know, and so. <laughs> well, so but here's the thing, though, is that my opinion is that that's very rare. You get kind of the carte blanche budget to go do that type of thing. 
like I guess a, a, a low cost budget way to do this would be signing up for one of those UGC sites and sending a link out to your customers and having them record a quick demo for you or a quick testimonial for you. Um, because I don't think sending out you know video folks to to client sites necessarily budget for a lot of companies. Especially here's right what I would here here's my counter argument for that. I do think it. that you will get a lot of poor quality video where it's shitty audio and you'll have excellent like impeccable shots of people's noses <laughs> right and okay. right. and even even the people that appear on a lot of podcasts and video and stuff like that frequently don't know how to set up the lighting themselves mm-hmm. that's kind of rare so we do mm-hmm. when we're uh, we'll come back to the podcast thing again second hook but we do coach people on that you know in our in our introduction to like hey it would be nice if you had a video and get in a quiet place and if you can have the window in front of you, not behind you, <laughs> you know, we're, we're looking for a, a good picture of you, not a Dr. Evil silhouette. Um, that, Do you think production kind of quality matters? I guess that's kind of my uh, fundamental absolutely, question. Absolutely. Absolutely. So on a B2B was, side, yes. Okay. Yeah. I, and I think, well, even on the B2C side, but it's going to be a little bit different, like obviously depending on the industry, but mm-hmm. uh, a well-produced video will get a lot more views and a lot more clicks. So think about the Google algorithm. You're, you're essentially your quality score on this thing's higher and your conversion mm-hmm. rates on this thing are higher. So you're having to push less advertising dollars into the machine to get better results out. And when you do high quality testimonial videos, it is so worth it. Like. Mm. <laughs> on what ne- on what networks though? So this is my this is my point though, because if you look at like what a lot of TikToks are, yeah, how, I mean if you are scrolling through there or doing whatever, da, 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 and you see this well created, this well you know produced and looks fantastic, you, my first instinct would be ad skip. So I, I think it might depend on the network that you're you're truly trying to run on. That might determine how much you need to invest in the production quality. Well, I mean, go marketing 101. You you, you need to understand your audience. Mm-hmm. So if your audience is, you know, high schoolers, then you're going to want that catchy TikTok video. I don't, I don't even know that. Like, I, I refuse to participate in the Chinese propaganda machine. Uh, <laughs> that is so TikTok. you're joking, but so fun fact. Uh, so yeah. my wife and I went to see The Weeknd, mm-hmm. um, whatever, a few months ago. And I, was, I didn't know who was going to show up at the concert. I, I don't know why we went candidly. I, I have no idea why we were there. But we were there. Um, and so who turned out to be there was a lot of teenage girls, mm-hmm. which was actually good for me because what I saw was what... <laughs> Let me keep action. going here before you give me those, those rolling eyes. Um, was, was just getting, getting the in touch. ready. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Seeing what they were doing on the phones. So, right. you know, again, old man Zach here, I did not realize how prevalent phones were. And it, it sounds silly to say, but when you're with 10,000 young girls and guys, they're not watching the concert. They're not enjoying where they are. They're on their phones to the point where they're actually recording the concert instead of putting the phone down and enjoying the concert. But all this is to say beforehand, before it got going, Two apps were going back and forth, TikTok and Snapchat. Mm. Again, I don't market on these. I'm not on these networks. 
But I'm just amazed because if you think about, okay, so 14, 15, 16, a couple more years from now, guess what? That's your 18 to 35 demographic, right? And so, sure, something else might take over. But the way that they were posting and engaging and they were creating content, let's be real, they were creating content at a bazillion miles an hour. It kind of left me a little bit like jaw dropped when I left there of, wow, we are like the old marketing dudes here. Like back in my day, we had the Facebook. And so I guess my question is, how do you, this is again, not, not B2B, but more B2C, how do you create content that scales is literally just sending out a brand advocate and saying go have fun and that's it yeah well okay so let me ask you a counter question are you talking about scale in terms of the amount of content like you want people in sort of a viral way talking My, on their own profiles yeah, so, about your uh, to me that's stuff. more that's more like influencer slash okay, affiliate okay. stuff back in just, the old days affiliate stuff Yep. My my question is this is how do you be, my hypothesis is that you get rewarded as a brand or as a marketer agency whatever you get more engagement you get more eyeballs. So there's two ways to do that. One is create a you went viral, you have a viral sensation which cool, you know, buzzword. Or you create enough content where something does stick a little bit. And then you start creating the following, you start creating that engagement and everything else. So I guess my question is, how do you scale the content creation piece of this? And again, my stint is more B2C versus B2B. Right. Because I, I, don't, I don't really have a counterpoint to what you're saying. I, I, I probably, I, I tend to agree with everything you said with B2B, where you so do I, need to I think, take it to the next level. I, I think, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back to my two main points, which is point one, multi-use content. So one of the things that you should probably, when you're selecting, so you, so you either need to select your, your predator person as someone that knows a little bit about where this thing's going to end up, right? So if you know you're going to be marketing this thing on TikTok or Instagram Reels or whatever, it's got to be shot a certain way. They've got to be able to edit it into that, you know, kind of vertical, vertical video type look. But ideally, it would also be workable on uh, on YouTube. So I'll give you some some insight into what I see the pros doing, right? So it'll be a one-man team, right? He's doing sound. He's doing video. He's doing everything. But when he sits down with the subject that he's going to record, it's a multi-camera setup. He's got multiple cameras on tripods doing things and, you know, all the fancy, fancy gadgets that do like kind of the panning shots and like all that kind of stuff. So the, the content creation process can just sort of proceed and then it can be fixed in post, but because he set up all the lighting, right. And he's got multiple camera angles from different directions and it, it can all be edited together into something that's like very high quality or, be edited down into something that's three seconds, something that's 30 seconds, you know, and combined in the right mix. And it was all the same, you know, it was all the same 10 minute shot with, with the customer. So we're talking, okay. So that's one type of content is kind of customer right. reviews. What about all the other stuff? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, product reviews and stuff like that are kind of like a different yeah. thing. And, yeah. and I think that, uh, you also need someone that 
like ideally you're going to end up with a network of people that can do you know kind of the mixed media stuff like animations mm. and you know video so can you capture the product footage can you capture the people using the product footage yeah can you do the animation and then mix that together and get again the the multiple use out of it yeah so. yeah how do you think uh well, this is probably more for going back to the Citrix webinar stuff, but have you ever used Loom to do this type of thing? Yeah, actually we use it all the time, but we use it actually internally mm. uh, more. This is this is almost a remote work type conversation because we use it when you need to have an asynchronous conversation with someone about something that's actually kind of complicated. So where mm -hmm. you would jump on Zoom and show them, you can use Loom to show them in video message format. Mm-hmm. So I, I recorded a demo on Loom, <laughs> so that mm. was fun. Um, I utilized that as my really basic hacky way to do it, but I recorded an yep. entire demo presentation with Loom, uh, and I put an email capture in front of it, and it's, it's actually working out pretty well, <laughs> surprisingly, uh, for some of the, the side stuff that I got going on. So, um, yeah, just curious. All right. I, yeah, so, I mean, a couple other little pro tips for people to think about, for the listener to think about. <laughs> Uh, listener A. There is no listener B. It's just listener, listener A. For our single listener. Um, one thing to think about is what the call to action in the video is. And for a lot of, in the business to business world, it's not always direct. It's not always just go here and click the button and buy. Um, that's that's almost a, it's easier in the B2C world because it's just like, hey, go buy this low value thing and then you know proceed on. But the B2B stuff is usually also high value. So think about like an intermediate step. So as you're talking through or as you're producing your piece of content, let's say it's a podcast and it's not a customer review, we always encourage like digital downloads. So hey, in the in the link below or in in the description below, there's going to be a link. Click it. And you'll download XYZ guide to ABC. And oh my God, people love that. Just did they, yeah. Interesting. They st yeah. still do, huh? Oh yeah. Yeah. Huh. You, you could be like, I, I wrote, you know, a barely legible post-it note um, that's <laughs> only mildly on topic and has some stick figures on there. <laughs> and you'll still get a great download rate. <laughs> I, I think also that is a great way of, you know, when people think about the investment case for these assets, like why would I as a company do a podcast? I think that's a hard question to, to answer. And it's always hard to get a company to start a podcast. But once the podcast is started and once you have those like digital download leads or, you know, they're usually less lead-ish, more like nurture opportunities coming through. Uh, the the companies get hooked and they're like oh yeah no this is great this is either great for updating people in longer form discussions or great for just pushing good content out into the world um, and yeah cool yeah that's all I got that's thanks for the information appreciate it yeah you're, you're welcome Zach I'm, I'm glad oh, I could thanks. help thanks I would say I mean, we, we could do another podcast about podcasting where I could talk about like what our actual setup is uh, because we've, we're getting in a good rhythm now. I, I'm just going to push so. the mute button and go take a nap when you uh, start doing <laughs> that. <laughs>
You're an experienced podcaster, Zach. Five years. Look, I just show up to this thing, all right? All right. <laughs> <laughs> I just show up in all my full glory, uh, and you, you do all the rest. So whatever tools help you, help me. Uh, yeah, we really probably should start sponsoring this episode of some sort with something. Yeah, hmm. we'll, figure, we'll figure that out. Maybe affiliate well, links. What's, what's our B2B business here? What are, <laughs> what are we trying to get out of this? <laughs> I, I don't know. What, I was just hoping one day someone would buy you, Zach. And just buy me? Like, yeah, just buy you. Uh, just just take me away? Right, yeah. That's what, that's what <laughs> so, I'm So, Elon, if you're listening to me, just take me away to Twitter. and <laughs> you, you can have him. Uh, <laughs> just get rid of me. He, <laughs> earlier in the podcast, he said, Twitter, how hard could that be? Yeah, yeah. Well, Sounds like he's the right man for the job. Give me, give me that parachute. I'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What else we got? Anything else? Nah, nah. I, don't, I think we're good here. All right. So the Riverside. Yeah. What's the what's the go for plan here? The as in, are we going to keep using it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think so. I think it's um, I think you get better audio quality. So, I mean, contradicting the thing that I said earlier, I think you get better quality than you do out of Zoom because Zoom records everything in the cloud. Mm-hmm. And even though, so, so this is a, um, this is like a purist thing. Uh, even though Zoom has better in the moment audio processing. So like, I mean, Zoom's amazing. You can add my mechanical key- keyboard, like annoys no one. Uh, when I'm on well, Zoom. that's kind of disappointing, actually, because that was the whole point of it. <laughs> right, exactly. If you're on Google Hangouts, it's it's kind of <laughs> maddening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, or yeah, the next wall yeah. over that the click 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 click. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So Zoom is great at that, but it is processing the audio and and it's making it perfectly intelligible for humans to communicate with each other, but bad for recordings. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of records it all in the cloud or it records it locally. Like one or the other is messed up because it's mm-hmm. been compressed, it's been processed, it's all of those things. Riverside theoretically records unadulterated files on both sides and then merges them together after the fact. So that's why we're seeing like 99% uploaded. All right, so I guess yep. we'll have to wait to see what uh, it turns out to be. I guess at this point, like, look for the affiliate link in the description. <laughs> that's how we'll do it. Yeah, that's how we'll do it. We'll All right, Zach. Click. Yeah, this was fun. The, this this is fun. I'll uh, talk to you later. <laughs>